Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is your host, Dr. Kevin. And for today's episode, we have Mr. John Gribben. And Mr. Gribben is the CEO of a company called Curable. And when you hear that name, you may be wondering exactly what that means. Especially since what we talk about on Straight Shot Health Talk is predominantly about pain. And what Curable is, is a software app that is, to my knowledge, one of the few out there that helps people, particularly with persistent pain, not only to master their pain, to really return to living their full lives and have huge quality improvements in their lives. Um, but how this got started is, is kind of an interesting story. And so, I, John, if you don't mind, would you tell people how and why you started Curable and kind of introduce your story here? I'm happy to. And thanks for having me on, Kevin. I've uh, been a fan of yours for quite some time now since we first got introduced. I think about two years ago. So um, it's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. Thanks for coming on. Um, so our, I guess the curable story starts with my own personal story, um, which starts when I was 19 years old and felt my first pings of low back pain. I had, uh, I, I kind of remember where I was when, when I start, first started feeling my, my back hurt. And that was in the the back middle seat of a friend's car. We were on a road trip in college and I was just feeling uncomfortable. I thought a seatbelt was in my back. You know, one of those seatbelt, the, the clicker things that mm -hmm. pop up in the old cars. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of uh, my experience with back pain. Got an MRI uh, done on my back back then when I was 19 and was diagnosed by an orthopedic physician uh, with a herniated disc. <laughs> and so then I entered into what, what ended up being, I guess, 15 years of physical therapy and massage therapy and uh, topical solutions and oral solutions and um, kind of, uh, you know, you name it, uh, foam roll, just lots of different things. I, I fortunately never got back surgery, but I certainly got close a couple mm -hmm. of times, um, with the advice of, you know, physicians who were recommending that. And at the, toward the end of the 15 year period, I went back in, I, my, um, wife encouraged me. I was complaining. It was a long winter in Chicago where I was living and was complaining of all this back pain. I was trapped inside, you know, <laughs> for months. And she's like, you got to go back into the doctor. So I went back in very reputable hospital in in Chicago uh, and got a new MRI done. This is now 13 years removed from the first. And um, this time was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease. Hmm. Uh, so I, you know, a little curious that the diagnosis had changed, uh, but nevertheless, as a, what I was then a 34 year old man, I remember walking out of that hospital that day with this diagnosis of degenerative disc disease and just feeling terrible about it. You know, the, the words in there, mm -hmm. especially degenerative and disease are just not that encouraging. Uh, I felt that I basically felt that, that degeneration meant for me that the feeling that I had walking out of the hospital that day, that was the best I was ever going to feel for the future of my life. And it wasn't that great. And I was going to be, you know, kind of on the decline from there. So again, more PT, more massage, uh, and you know, any of the things I had tried, which were numerous, never really provided lasting mm -hmm. relief. 
And uh, I was, I had gone through a really stressful period, which was my wife and me buying our first home. And, uh, you know, the mortgage process, anybody out there who's gone through the mortgage process knows that it's not fun and it was stressful and it was a short timeline. And then we moved the weekend after we closed on the house and the basement flooded in the house, like before we moved in. And there was just so much stress and uh, anxiety and, you know, lots of stuff going on that uh, after the move. So we did the move the weekend after we closed the house. And after the move, my back just went, it, it did one of its kind of quarterly blowouts put me in bed for kind of, I guess, three or four days. And I was attributing this, of course, to the fact that the, the backlog, I was attributing it to the fact that I wore flip-flops during <laughs> the moving process. Uh-huh. I was like, that must have been it. I was wearing flip, you know, these sandals, the flip-flop sandals. And of course, if I look back on it and I'm honest with myself, I barely did any of the moving. Mm-hmm. You know, we hired movers. So I, I don't know how much the flip-flops played a role, but um, I was in bed for three days. I was able to get out of bed, uh, you know, on the third or fourth day. And shortly thereafter, my wife and I went with our first kid at the time we had one uh, to on a, on a family trip. And there were bags involved and, you know, a lot of luggage and so on. And, um, and I was kind of worried about that. We made it there on this trip and I was on a walk. We went to Maine to visit friends there. And I was on a walk with one of my friends and he brought up back pain because I had just gone through this acute episode. And he said, yeah, I heard about your back pain. I was like, I don't want to talk about it. And he said, well, I'm only bringing it up to help because, um, you know, I, I read this book uh, and uh, that kind of provided this uh, new way of looking at back pain and it got rid of my back pain. I had back pain for 10 years and I thought he was crazy, of course. And yet I was still intrigued. And so I began, that was kind of the first day of my own exploration of the brain's role in long-term persistent pain and chronic pain. And over the course of, I would say the next year and learning more and kind of applying the principles of what I was learning to my own life and my own pain I was able to get out of back pain. And I wouldn't say that I never get pain. Uh, I get pain still in my neck and my wrists and my back and, you know, kind of all over, but um, I don't consider myself somebody with back pain anymore. And, um, and so fast forward a few years, I met my now uh, co-founders in Curable and they started telling me about their own pain. (laughs) And complaining about it and migraines and knee pain and you have to uh, you know the, do all these things to make it feel better and and I I kind of presented to them this other uh, way of looking at it and how all of the neuroscience and medical evidence was building up in favor of how much the brain plays a role in pain and they started in on their own journey and they too were able to uh, significantly resolve their symptoms. And so we kind of looked at each other. We were working, we had met each other through uh, another software company. We kind of looked at each other and said, why don't more people know about this? And what can we do with what we know how to do best, which is software and, and marketing software? And um, how can we use our skill set to bring this message to everybody who needs it? And that was the uh, beginning of Curable. Wow. 
So, so you introduced your your co-founders is what uh, that's. I just want to kind of reaffirm that that's you, they were suffering with right. pain, and then you presented the ideas. And it, if um, I'm, I'm assuming that the back was it's or the back book that you were talking about sounds like Healing Back Pain by John Sarno, because I know that it was, was that's the most popular that's been out for decades now at this time. That's um, right. Yep, it was. So interesting. You know, I guess the interesting thing for me, having been intimately involved with this stuff, is it is such when you're approaching someone, and um, I want to get into curable a little bit here, but I'm really kind of interested is how how your colleagues listen to you, like because it's a mm-hmm. it's a very delicate conversation to have, and yet you must have done something right, or and they were in the right time and place, or all of the above, because if they both listen to you why do they listen to you? Right. It's a great question because that is kind of what the, that, that's the whole shebang right there is how, how it, you know, the science, we know the science supports the brain's mm-hmm. role in chronic pain, but there's a messaging component to this. And, that, and, and you and I can get into that as we, as we talk too, but there's a messaging component that is more critical than the science almost mm-hmm. in, in many cases or for many people. So I told you a friend of mine introduced me to this. Um, we were on a hike, like I said, in Maine. And I have to say that it was who the messenger was in this case. It was a friend of mine named Tony. And Tony is just does, doesn't come off as somebody who is into alternative medicine and kind of, you know, uh, he, he's a ground, you know, he, he, he's like a pretty kind of, normal, I would say, I, I don't want to use that word as in people who believe in alternative medicine are not normal, but well, I, you know, Tony it's is the woo woo, right? Like sorry, that's, yeah. that's what we kind of dance yeah, around. Woo-woo, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's, that's Tony is not woo woo. Uh-huh. And so when I heard him explaining this concept, it was the messenger for me. I thought, wow, if Tony is advocating this, then I, I should give it a look. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time to discuss with, with this, with my now, uh, co-founders, the real, the first step, I, I skipped over a few details in the interest of time, but, but one of the key steps for, um, my partner, Laura was we would, um, we, 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 th- there was a, a, a physician at Northwestern hospital named Dr. John Strax and Dr. Strax is still a friend of curables, very close friend of curables. He uh, had a clinic there that helped people with chronic pain, and it was a brain-first, mind-body clinic for chronic pain. And my mother actually moved to Chicago and went to see Dr. Strax at Northwestern, and, and she, my mother had 10 years of hip pain. And she, after going through uh, meeting with Dr. Strax and going through the you know, orientation to the brain's connection to, to pain, uh, my mother got better. And so my, my mom brought me to meet Dr. Strax and get involved in his kind of patient community there at Northwestern. And so when my partner, Laura, presented with her symptoms to me, I said, you have to go uh, see Dr. Strax. And so I think that part of that, Kevin, is in answering your question, is that it really wasn't me delivering the message. I was saying, go see this MD go see this MD at this kind of major hospital in downtown Chicago with mm-hmm. he's in a white lab coat and, you know, Northwestern is behind him and uh, go see him and, and, and he'll do the convincing. And so in, in her case, he was the messenger, not me. 
Yeah, so that so that she's just had to have trust enough in you to actually see him. Is and kinda... it didn't take. It, it wasn't on my first effort, I'll, and she'll admit that too. Uh-huh. I I I suggested doctor that she see Doctor Strax once, maybe even twice. Finally, third time where she showed up for work with migraines, or or didn't show up to work because she had migraines. I said, Laura, please go see this guy, and she did. And I guess the rest is history. Yeah, it's it, it is interesting because you, you kind of hit hit on the head is um, so much of this is a messaging problem, or we could even if we we can call it a marketing problems. How 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 can you communicate? The science is so exciting, and the 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 chance for transformation is. I mean, it, it we locally we have we have a we have a pretty strong little community here, and and we and we see this all the time. Is is you get so excited about the results and outcomes, and then it becomes overwhelming, and people start thinking you're talking woo woo, but it's not woo woo. I mean, there there is absolutely more science behind what we what we know and understand at a high level about pain. Now, there's more science to support that than what these typical treatments that are being pushed, advertised, marketed, and are commonly pursued as, quote, the mainstream medicine, it, it is mm-hmm. absolutely shocking how little data there is to support that. And so, you know, how, in, in your experience, I know I'm kind of moving this, this conversation around a little bit, as, as an expert in marketing and, and, and a businessman, how, how, how have you guys approached changing this messaging and getting people to, to see the potential that there is? Part of our mission from the beginning has been around accessibility. And so what I guess what I mean by that is, as you're stating, there is a mountain now of incredible research that shows that, you know, how, how involved the brain is and, and the mind in, in, our, in our sensation of pain. Um, There's so many good ideas out there as a proliferation of, of good ideas on how we can change the status quo uh there are and there are a lot of great resources out there curable is not the only one mm-hmm. and so for us it's always been about making these things accessible to the people who need them most which are the people in pain as you know the system is not designed to get the greatest latest and greatest and best and lowest cost and lowest risk stuff <laughs> to the patient, to the people, as the system's not designed for that. Yeah, we save that for the um, end. They're, they're, <laughs> pardon? We put, we put that at the end after everything's been, people put through the ringer, then we say, well, why don't you try this stuff that's less invasive, has better exactly. data, and is cheaper. <laughs> right, and then it takes 10 years, you know, someone yeah. who has, you know, chronic pain has spent 10 years searching for an answer, and they finally get their, get the answer way down the road. So, so for us, it's always been about access, and, and part of that access, what we, what we put into the category of access is communicating, is messaging. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you go to your primary care doctor, if you have, let's say, persistent hip pain, you go to your primary care doctor and you bring this up, first of all, they have 15 minutes with you. So it's, you know, and, and not, it's not their fault. That's just how, again, the system is set up. They have 15 minutes with you, not enough time to go deep into a background. And what we're seeing, Kevin, is that a lot of, especially primary care docs, do agree with the philosophy of, uh, you know, the kind of brain's role in, in chronic pain. So it's not that there's a philosophical difference with a lot of, of primary care physicians. It's that, one, they don't know how to 
treat it themselves, so they're, they can't really do it in office. Uh, two, some of these referral networks for them are not that well built out. So if, if a doctor sees a patient and says, yes, you need to go maybe get some pain psychology or whatever it is, they don't really, in a lot of, especially rural areas, don't have a huge network of resources to refer the patient to. But, but a big part of this is the messaging and the communication piece. How do you, as a primary care doctor with 15 minutes, the clock ticking, how do you delicately communicate to that patient all about this whole kind of world and, and way of thinking about pain that they're missing out on? And um, again, to the doctor's credit, that's asking so much from them. And so what Curable has, again, done from the beginning is, is try to take that messaging uh, responsibility uh, out of the hands of, uh, you know, physicians and others and put it and, and it will take on that burden. And we'll be the ones communicating and messaging to people with chronic pain about this other way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I think that's really powerful. And one of the reasons I reached out to you after our initial, I think it might have been more than two years, it's been a while. But after our initial um, kind of introduction was I've been watching your community grow. And and it's it's great to see your community as as advocates now and to see their stories. And so, you know, I, I always return to when we have people with persistent pain, a lot of times there's there's been some some sig- significant trust issues. I mean, uh, you know, in the physician community, people talk about difficult patients. I'm like, well, everybody has a, they have reasons to be difficult when they've been yanked around and promised one thing and told something 16 right. different ways. Um, and so there obviously is a trust. And then the other part about that we forget about is, is when hope is, is a two is a double-edged sword and if you present someone hope and then yank it away that hurts more uh than most people well we i think we all understand it but we don't ever want to have that loss again associated with it so i think that there are a lot of this is yeah. people want to believe but they're scared to um and so your community is really provide that uh uh you know again as a peripheral observer here someone who just sort of watches these things you have such a strong community now, and it's been just kind of uh, it's been fun to watch that how 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 your own members now are the ones who are are basically providing that trust and security to to people who may be interested in this kind of uh, I don't want to say approach, but this accessibility point. You know, you're really providing a a a low cost way to access some you know, some good science and along with some, uh, some good techniques to, to take control of your life. And I think that is just amazing. Yes. It's one thing to hear about this approach from, from curable, from a company or from, you know, from, uh, from you or from Dr. Strax or, you know, any of these folks who've kind of brought Dr. Sarno, any of these folks you've brought up so far, Mm -hmm. but it's a whole different thing to hear it from somebody else going through the exact same thing as you are from a nut, from a group of people, from a community of people who are saying, Hey, we've been in your shoes. Forget, forget about curable. We've been in your shoes. Take a look at this. We've had, we, our, our lives have been changed because of this. You know, you should look at it too. And, and we can sympathize and empathize with where you're coming from. And, and so like, like you said, as our community grows, it becomes so much more powerful from a trust standpoint, from a empathy standpoint of, of we've, we've been there. We, you know, this group of large group of people saying we've been there, come, come join us. Absolutely. It's interesting you bring up the, it's interesting you bring up the community. We recently put a survey out in our, 
uh, large online community, asking the community what their initial hesitation was uh, to, to subscribe to Curable, to, to purchase the app. And we got so many interesting responses. And if you group these responses together, the number one grouping by far, the number one hesitation or reason why someone did not, uh, almost did not become a member of our community was that they had been burned too many times in the past. So just like you said, they had, they had um, believed in things. They'd gotten their hopes up for things in the past and they had been let down. And that was, and it's almost like a, you know, fool me once, shame on you type of thing. Mm -hmm. And they just don't, they don't want to be fooled again. And, and so, you know, that, that's, again, we're learning as we go here, we're not masters of messaging. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yet we're always learning and growing ourselves on how to communicate this topic. And so that was informative for us as well. And a communication from a communication perspective in that, okay, let's put ourselves in the shoes of of where we, where I've been my, myself, where you've been burned, you've, you've gotten your hopes up and then they've been dashed. And, and now another thing is now coming your way. And, and why should I believe this? So that's another kind of interesting thing we've learned from our community. Yeah. And, and kind of aside to that as well, cause I, um, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to say this again, but it gets so exciting. Like, when I, you know, I'm, I, I, I tend to get real passionate about this topic, but with the more you understand about pain and the more you understand about what can be done um, to not man, I hate the word management. Now I, I don't even like the word management. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really about mastery. And um, like you said earlier on, it's, you know, people, oh, you've never hurt. Well, I have had pain. We've all experienced pain. If you are a human, you've experienced pain, but the difference between understanding pain and say, trying to quote unquote manage it is that, you don't suffer anymore. Like, um, you know, I get pains all the time, but I don't suffer from any of them. I understand what they mean and all this stuff. So, right, uh, right. <laughs> but so from a, from a community standpoint, have you ever asked like, um, community members, like when they're, when, when, cause I'm sure your community members have had this too, is where they're, they struggle to communicate. What have they found for people who seem to be open to listening versus, um, you know, those first steps to get people to kind of take to, to even a, a broach the idea of a, of a different kind of way to, to see and, and help themselves with pain. Have they, have your community members ever talked about that? Like what have they found has been successful or what has not been successful for them when they're trying to communicate to people who are still suffering from pain? Yeah, I think that, I think I could, I think there's a general consensus on what works and what doesn't in, in our community and what we've learned from trying to communicate these concepts our, ourselves over the past several years. And that is, it does not work to force feed someone, you know, <laughs> to kind of impose your holier than thou. I've been, my life has been changed. You, you, you are silly for not doing this. And all these years you've been wasting your time, uh, you know, by not implementing these techniques and, and ways of thinking about this. So shame on you. Mm-hmm. That is, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, Surprise. And, and, and <laughs> what does work is what we call meeting people where they are, or sometimes we call it internally a curable. We call it meeting people at their diagnosis. Mm. What that means is again, putting ourselves in the shoes, having been, 
persistent pain sufferers and putting ourselves in the shoes of, of somebody with persistent pain, they've been told they have a certain thing. They, they, they have migraines. They have vestibular migraines. They have ocular migraines. You know, they've been mm-hmm. told a specific... In fact, a lot of people, the relief comes from getting a diagnosis because it's been so hard to, to, to identify one over the years that finally when they're handed a diagnosis, it is a big day. It's, I am, I finally got my diagnosis. It's, it's this, you know, it's degenerative disc disease in my case, uh, which was a conflicting diagnosis from my previous diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you've been told what you have. And the reason why, in my opinion, the reason why people like having diagnosis is because a diagnosis is the first step in resolving it. Okay. If I have this, then we treat it this way. And so when you, you've been told you have this thing. And so for curable to come in and say, you know, uh, okay, you, you have migraines or you have degenerative disc disease, but it's kind of, it's all the same It all. There's like similar origins for this stuff. And, and certainly, and you know, science shows that there's similar, similar reasons why the pain uh, does persist and doesn't go away. You know, it's it'll just lump it all together. While scientifically that is true in a lot of cases, it is not the way to communicate to to people who are who are suffering, who are not feeling well. And so, um, so we we do meet them at their diagnosis. And 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 an example of this is one of our actually I think our first time communicating with each other, you and me, Kevin, was you calling me out. Remember in a in an email, I think that we had sent you and, and it was something about physical pain. It was like uh, something, something about physical pain. And you wrote me back saying, you know, it's not about physical pain. Like you were kind of, you know, objecting to the, to the words we were using. And I agree with you. I said, yeah, I know. I know. It's not like I, I, there's not a distinction all the time between what is physical. You know, it's kind of all physical. Mm-hmm. And and it were and your brain and and your mind all that's inside of your body anyway so it's really all just one thing um but that was an example of how you almost when you're first indoctrinating someone into a different way of thinking that they you know different for them that could have been 10 20 30 years of thinking one way and indoctrinating them into another way there's language involved that is provides a bridge from where they are to where you where they, where we all want them to go, and yeah. so sometimes you have to fumble with words like physical pain, um, and sometimes you have to say yes, you have degenerative disc disease. Yes, you do, and I affirm that, and that's great. And and oh, but by the way, there is a, another way to look at degenerative disc disease. So, so to answer your question on how to encourage people to take that first step is to meet people where they are meet people at the diagnosis they've received and say, I hear you. You do have this. You do have fibromyalgia. You do have whatever it is. Um, however, and you know, here's, a, here's a, a, a different way to think about it. Yeah. I, I think that is, that is so, so important. And I am definitely guilty of, um, of doing that because I, I <laughs> because you get to a point when in, uh, especially, I, 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 I do. I, when I, I just see pain, all pain, I see all pain. Like, and, uh, but that messaging right, becomes right. so, so important. Now on the, on the flip side of this, and this I think is where, uh, where we, where the difficulties lay 
is we is the the words that we use matter so much and the messaging that we use is so so much more powerful like when I'm when I'm working with physicians I'm always like to remind them the words that you use have implications that you can't even possibly fathom and so it's like we we dance around this idea of how do you how can we talk about this in such a way uh and I, that's um that's empowering that meets people but meets people where they are and uh that that I think is is extraordinarily difficult but ab- I I totally agree with you that the meeting people where they are and, and providing you know the, the risks i think again personally as an as an as a personal offender for someone who is who's 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 definitely said things the wrong way in the past is um making people feel invalidated uh when we're trying to yeah, get them right. to to what we know can help them uh but by right. invalidating them at the get go we've lost them right there so ultimately yeah, the words right. haven't and, helped and- them and again, to the credit of, of folks who, who are interfacing in person with, uh, you know, people with persistent pain. So doctors, nurses, therapists, and such, to their credit, there is a limited amount of time to convey this message. And, and uh, f- from our perspective, you know, Curable has the benefit of, and, and this is, a, and, and the outlook of these are long relationships we have with our customers and our community. So we can, we can use words on day one to help them cross the bridge because we know that we're going to be with them, not for 15 minutes, but hopefully for 15 months or, you know, or longer. And so over that time, we feel confident that we can then go, okay, now that we, you've crossed the bridge, let's say, let, let's talk about, what's going on here and, and that a lot of these things are very similar and here's a science behind that and so on. So, and I think, you know, you do that with, with your podcast too, in that w- what the podcast in your platform enables you to do is to stay in the ears and minds of people for longer than just 15 minutes. And that's what we're doing at Curable. Um, and that allows us to start with baby steps and then know that we're committed to the relationship as long as the that our customer is and our community member is, and we can grow together. And, and I want to um, kind of kind of talk about that a little bit more. And this is just this is from an from an ethical standpoint for me. Is one of the things that I find very very difficult when it comes to pain is um, so much of what you know. We we t- briefly touched on how the healthcare system basically pushes forth ex- very expensive, pretty much pretty invasive, uh, lots of side effects. Uh, interventions that have really low research, or if, if not negative research, to support them. But then you step outside of that. Just that most of the most of the world of pain, the business of pain, is is around entrapping someone to a treatment for the rest of your life. And the reason I want to bring this up is because I know Curable is a subscription service. But what I find different between what you guys do, as per se, you know, I've seen. I mean, seen, we could say, you know, alternative or whatever. And they said, well, come in every six weeks and get this and whatever. This can be an injection. It could be a pill. It could be an herb. It can be a supplement. It could be, you know, massage. It could be manipulation or whatever. 
something that's entrapping them to, to that practitioner was different about curable is what you're basically providing as a support network. Not only are you taking them through this initial process of understanding their pain and seeing what the triggers are and providing a tool set. What I like about how you guys have developed is your the community becomes about empowerment rather than entrapment. And so people are choosing to stay in it not because not because they have to, but because they want to. And again, as an outside observer, that's what I'm seeing. But do you see that on the inside as well or no? Absolutely. You couldn't have said it better, it, the, the empowerment aspect and how that fits into a long-term relationship with, with our brand and our, and our community. But we didn't always know that. When we first started out, we didn't know if a subscription model was the right approach or if it should be kind of a one-time thing. We, we, we really didn't know. Um, and so what we, the subscription model initially was a test, was, okay, we're, we've developed this app that helps people with, with persistent pain to help people have a more healthy relationship with pain. Uh, you know, we were kind of looking at it as helpful that the subscription model would be helpful for people in that let's allow them to be, to participate for as long as they want. And if some people that might be a month and Hey, it's not for me. And some people we've had customers who have been with us now for, for three years. So, so it, initially it was a test. And it was a test based around what's best for the, for the user. What has happened over time is exactly what you're describing, is the curable has now become much more than an app. Uh, it certainly is an app that grows and it's uh, robust and it's the techniques that it teaches people and, you know, and, uh, and the app itself is, uh, has become, you know, uh, larger and, and more valuable and so on. But there is, as you say, there's this community element now that's part of the app, hasn't always been part of the app, uh, that has not been part of the app for uh, for a year. So then you now have access to this big support network of like-minded folks who are going through what you're going through at varying uh, stages of their uh, you know, progress healing journey. You have, we have a couple other products that we've rolled out recently. One is a an online group course where with a curable facilitator and all types of video workshop content that's not available, that, that's different from the app. Um, and so what happens is as people continue on in their curable journey, we like to think that we continue to add value to their lives. And so those who want to stick around and, and, and be part of this subscription service, uh, continue to get value. And I can, for one, as I mentioned before, when I was telling my story of back pain, I'm not rid of back pain forever. I get it. I get it more than I wish. And I, I know it's, I know what it means. Like you said about your own pain. I know what it means. Uh, most of the time I know what to do about it. Sometimes it sticks around for a little longer than I want, but these tools are tools that you use for the rest of your life. And I'm not saying that everybody who subscribes to curable needs to subscribe for the rest of their life, but they are, it's valuable tools that can last a lifetime. Uh, I'd also like to think that at the, our annual, you know, uh, subscription is much cheaper, even <laughs> if you did keep it for your whole lifetime, much cheaper than what people are probably paying for, as you say, the entrapment type of things like devices and, and, and pills and such. 
Uh, and that's that's the key, right? You're, people choose to stay rather than feeling like they have to stay because if they don't, they're going to get worse, right? People choose to stay because it's a it's a resource that allows them to continue to get better. And what I in God, we just don't have time to cover everything I'd love to talk about here, but. You know what we what we talked about before we even we we were recording was the fact that these skills that you learn, um, you know whether it's from curable or whoever, when you're learning pain skills are life skills, and so that having access to these skill sets doesn't just then help with pain; it helps with all sorts of other things in your life. And so I can see where that again having that access to that community and being and choosing to stay involved for as long as you stay involved becomes a a benefit for the user. You know, and I think that's. It's a that's a wonderful thing. So um, we've we've been on here for a little while here, and uh, I was just thinking we probably should talk a little bit about because um, we've been mentioning curable a number of times, and uh, someone may be thinking, well, what is curable? So could you just kind of give an a, a, a real quick kind of background on what the curable and the curable app is, and how people, you know, what are what are the first people steps people take, and how that process starts for them. Sure. Well, I guess it's best described through our mission, which is to empower people to have a more healthy relationship with pain. And what that almost always involves is helping people better understand the connection between their brain and their feeling of pain. And the way we draw that connection, it has been primarily through a software app for the past, since, since our company's inception, it's been through a software app that provides education in kind of fun, uh, understandable, accessible snippets of neuroscience education and, uh, uh, you know, testimonial stories from people who have gone on this journey themselves. And then you get into, uh, there are guided meditations and there are writing exercises and there are, um, there like, uh, CBT type techniques, um, and and then again the community so that's that's like the the curable app and that's available in app stores uh so it's you know easy to find and and you um and and you start your journey there and then like i said we have we're in the process we have created new products and in the process of creating more new products to to give people who you know maybe want an elevated level of of touch uh, you know, or, or to go deeper on certain issues or certain things, we're, we're hoping to provide those uh, products and resources as well. Yeah, and just I, I haven't, um, I haven't signed into the app in a long time. But if it's if the if the Kevin, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I check these things out and I step away, but and then I was watching the, the growth and things. But but what I do remember because people are like oh an app or whatever. What what I thought was really intriguing was uh, it was highly interactive. Um, with, I think she's a chatbot. Is it? What, I forgot her name. Clara, Clara, or something. Clara, Clara, Clara. yeah, Clara. The, yeah. And and so it really feels like you. It even says I'm a chatbot, but you know, it it really feels so personable that um, it's highly interactive and and so yeah, it's it the way you guys have that designed is is amazing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that's the idea. Well, I don't I don't want to take up too much of your time here. I really appreciate what you've done so far and and uh, maybe we can talk again in the future cuz there are multiple ways that that uh, multiple different discussions I would love to have because you provide such a you guys provide a wonderful service, but number 2 is what we're lacking right now is the the how do we market pain? 
And you guys have done it. It has been very difficult to do. You're doing it in an ethical and an empowering way, which I have to applaud. Um, for those of you guys who have listened to Straight Shot Health talk for a number of times, I do not do this very often. I don't bring people with products on. In fact, the intention behind this interview was really not to to try to sell curable at all, was to have a discussion with John about pain and their journey and what they're doing. Um, but I do think it's important when we when we when there are are opportunities out there for people to get better and that they're doing it in a way that um, that is both ethical and empowering to the end user. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I feel privileged to actually have the discussion. I would encourage people to check out the Curable app. So uh, is there any, any last things that you wanted to mention or anything I'm missing here that you think is really, really key for people to understand? I don't think so, Kevin. I, I really appreciate coming on. And, and I, like you said, I, this, when you and I connected and set up, you know, time to do this, my perspective, certainly what either was not to, uh, you know, come and pitch a product. We, we believe in our mission, which is very similar to your mission. And we think that kind of sticking to that mission and doing what's right for people, it will, the rest will take care of itself kind of. So um, I have enjoyed having the discussion with you and I'd love to do it again. Well, we'll definitely, I, I will, I'll hit you up on that for sure because, uh, yeah, this is not the original, <laughs> original plan. I thought we were, I was planning on talking about other things, but you know, these, 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 these discussion of kind of evolve and I enjoy let them kind of the free flow. And I really enjoyed kind of hearing your journey and your co-founder's journey and, um, really talking about those messaging issues because I know in our community and I work a lot with uh, you know healthcare clinicians and people who are trying to message and talk with people about the hope and potential there is with understanding pain. Um, that that messaging is kind of what you guys have done with Curable and how you've messaged that and marketed that. I think there's a lot of of takeaways that people in other areas and other areas of the country can use in their even their personal practices or working with their friends and neighbors. So. I appreciate that, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again. So, okay, what's thank the, you so much. What's the best place for people to get in touch with you or get in touch with Curable? If you don't mind adding that here at the end. Sure, you can uh, find Curable in the app stores, either Apple or Android, and you can also visit our website, which is curablehealth.com, and that has tons of resources and. Um, you know, from written resources to audio resources that are all free and not, you know, part of the app subscription for you to learn more about Curable and, and actually get some healing done and learning done, um, you know, without paying a dime. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, folks. Well, thank you all for joining us today. This has been a great conversation. And as always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, you can email them directly to me at drkevin at straightshothealth.com. And until next time, Stay well.